Hi, and welcome back to Seattle to Unknown. I am Sarah. And I'm still Melinda. I'm glad Surprise. you checked in on that. <laughs> I wasn't certain. I have not gotten fired from this yet, you guys. This is episode seven, and I'm still here. What's <laughs> congratulations. up? Congratulations. We'll do a performance review afterwards and see where you'll be for next week. But speaking of congratulations, um, shout out to all our listeners and downloaders. We got 100 last week. Yeah, we've total so far. Yeah, we didn't get 100 downloads last <laughs> week. Let's not overstate it. But that would be really cool if we could do that. Yeah, that's, that's our next goal. goal. <laughs> it's a lofty one, but I believe in us. Yeah, so thank you for all of your support. And um, maybe when we get a little closer to another very nice round figure, we'll consider doing a um, giveaway, maybe. Hint, hint, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Ratings, love us, please. We're desperate. <laughs> but no, um, thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody for listening to us, to continuing to listen to us. It makes us feel like we're doing something potentially right. Potentially. And if you potentially right. are a friend of mine and you message me, hey, I accidentally listened to your podcast because my car just hit play for some reason, you're on my shit list. Accidentally? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know he was joking, but you know who wow. you are. And yeah. <laughs> accidentally. And that's hurtful. I know. And I only have so many feelings left for to be hurt. And so many friends to hurt us. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, thank you, thank you, everyone. Keep listening, subscribe, give us good ratings because everything helps, and we appreciate you. Yeah, our egos can do with a boost now and then. It feels nice. I feel like I'm talking to more people than just you, Sarah, and both of your moms. There's at least ones more than that. <laughs> my, I told once Sarah told me that we made it to a hundred. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's just her mom's not figuring out how this all works, and it's just them over and over? I don't want to lend any credence to that theory but i did just check our data earlier today and we had a download in colombia and i think that might have been my mom <laughs> <laughs> thanks sarah's mom oh anyway speaking of sarah's mom uh we have a new cruise update this week what so my mom texted me out of the blue and all it said was your dad fell off the boat that's it yeah oh it just said your dad fell off the boat and is he is he good is he okay <laughs> did she murder him as far as i'm aware it was an accident so i made her i texted her back and said hey care to explain a little further falling off a cruise ship sounds bad i feel like that's usually just you know never a good thing no. Unless it was a diving competition, but that seems far. I don't know. So it turns out they were on like a small sightseeing cruise. So they got off the main boat, docked, got on a little boat, and were boating around. But the little boat went to get to its dock. There were huge waves from the cruise ships. So every time he tried to step off the boat, the boat would lurch up or down and further away from the dock. And so he fell off that boat, which is way less scary than falling off a cruise ship. A little, a little, uh, um, closer to the water, at least. Yeah. And I, if it's a little boat, it just... Well, and apparently, he didn't really fall off, but as he stepped, his leg went between the boat and the dock, and the boat Ooh. rammed him into the dock. Yay! So he's all bruised and beat up, but he is otherwise fine. And they took him to see the cruise doctor, and the cruise doctor goes, well, how much did you have to drink today? Oh, that's kind of um, accusatory. A little bit. And he said, I don't drink drink i haven't in years i don't know how many and they're like yeah okay 
okay. And then they looked at him over and go, and how old is the prescription on your glasses? Oh, I feel like that could be a legitimate question. Uh, his glasses were a week old when he went on the cruise. Oh. So. Wow. Cruise ship doctors are mean. And I get like, they have to defend themselves because potentially my parents could sue them. Oh. But uh, they aren't going to. He couldn't. No, but. Like it was an accident. It's not as if anybody told him, jump now. And it was bad timing. But yeah, I thought that was a little snotty of them. Okay. That's like more reasons of why I don't want to be on a cruise now. Because if, God forbid, you get injured accidentally, the cruise ship doctor is going to be like, you're drunk. Go home. Like, well, your people should be better at hurting drunk people. Hurting like sheep, not hurting them, like injuring them. Okay. I I was like, um, (laughs) please don't hurt me. Yeah. Be better at injuring us. Be more subtle. Yeah. But the worst part was that she sent me this message with very little explanation and then just left it hanging for a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) That's awful. Like, oh, cool. And then once she did explain it, she felt the need to show me like his bruised shins. It was pretty gross. Didn't need to see that. Who doesn't want to see an like good injury photo? Yeah. So that's the cruise update. This ongoing segment will end next week. Womp womp. So what's your update for the week? Uh... I don't know. It was kind of a, a dull week at work, but uh, I did get to stand a lot for a hiring event, try to get people to put in applications for my store online. And uh, uh, here's a tip if you're trying to find a job, don't come over to someone doing a hiring event and immediately start out going, hey, you guys hire criminals, right? <laughs> well... Do you? And I'm like, well, we do a background check. And sometimes depending on what comes up, you know, we can either proceed or it'll tell us that we cannot with employment. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's only been uh, since 2012 and it was only property damage crimes. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know how to respond to this. It's just like, maybe not, dude. Because I feel like if you're committing property crimes, that's probably a lot of unhealthy anger just... You know, because you're destroying stuff and just kind of raging out. Maybe. I, Maybe I don't he know. took that Carrie know. Underwood song very seriously and he carved his name in the side of someone's pretty little souped up four wheel drive. Is that how the song goes? I'm so sad I know that. Um, I was going to say, I don't, I didn't realize Carrie Underwood wrote the song Break Stuff. Well, she wrote a song about trashing her ex's car because he cheated on her. Word to the wise. Is she Taylor Swift? No. But <laughs> sorry. Although Carrie Underwood gives very bad criminal advice, don't carve your name into the side of his car you dummy jerry was here (laughs) your cat is scratching cars jerry is so much cooler than i thought he is he's a very cool giant tubby tabby i thought he was a cuddle cashew he is a cuddle cashew he's just adorable What? My cat's awesome. I mean, he's no birdie. No, because he's not as old. This is true. Anyways. In-flight cocktails? You had you had a correction, Miss. Oh. You admitted. Yeah. You admitted. I just was scrolling right past you it. You were wrong. Yes. I, for the very wow. first time ever, I was wrong about something. Wow. Ever. Ever. Nope. <laughs> No, God, So on last week's episode, when we were talking about landmarks that have been destroyed in various ways, one of the places we mentioned was the Christchurch Cathedral. And I was a little bit confused. So I was right about one thing. The things that were damaged were the facade and the spire. Or if you're my sister, it's the facade. 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 (laughs) Oh. 
Michelle. Anyway. I, you know, it's just, a, I feel like it's a family thing where they like mispronounce things. Oh, you say that as if you're not part of this family. No, no. But a lot of it I do on purpose. I know. No matter what I do, I cannot convince you to stop. No, you can't. Can't stop, won't stop. If you start ca- saying robot as rubbit, I am going to have to disown you. No, but I like saying coupons. I know you instead do. Instead of coupons. And escape. And fragile. <laughs> anyway, so I said that only a few things were damaged and that the building still functioned. I was right about the fact that not a lot was physically damaged. It was the tower, the spire, like the facade. But in their attempts to repair it, uh, the whole facade came down and now it's basically just a shell and they don't really know what to do with it. So I got part so... of it right. I wasn't wholly wrong. Yeah, but I was right that a lot of it was just kind of gone yes, done for that is very true so I, yeah like if you look at pictures before after and then after the oops maybe we should just tear this down like the middle picture it does look like it's a functioning building like it, there are crumbled bits but it looks like they could repair it and then you see the after after <laughs> when there's just no front on the building and you go oh yeah okay fine melinda was right once not just once twice i know things no <laughs> i know stuff i know stuff thank you okay fine yeah that's right but we we are also big enough that we can admit when we do have corrections. Uh, well, it didn't help that like I was putting together a blog post with links to the different stories of the stuff that was destroyed, and all of the articles I found about the cathedral were like, "What do we do with this heap of rubble?" It's like, crap. Fine. Plus my chiropractor. Maybe I got it wrong. Yeah. And plus my um, chiropractor is from Christchurch. And I know that he's downloaded at least one episode. And I was like, crap, he's going to get to the next episode. Hear what I said. And well, he's very nice. So he wouldn't be mean about it. But he would definitely have to laugh at me. So I had to be like, yeah. My next appointment, I was like, okay, so here's the thing. Don't listen to the next episode until I fix it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't listen to six until seven's out exactly be so much more better more better yeah <laughs> <laughs> i also ended up with a cold last week so don't judge i'm not seeing the transition but thank you for your honesty my brain is just not firing on all cylinders and it's mostly in the speech department i can tell by the way you're rocking back and forth just kind of looking at the ceiling i'm not looking at the ceiling that's the thing i'm looking at the other screen anyway i'm looking at you anyway do we want to get to- <laughs> this got weird do we want to get to in-flight cocktails yes if you if you'd like i feel like you're really excited to talk about yours so go ahead and go first oh i'm not super excited to admit the fact that i'm drinking a bellini from a can and how does that make you feel um a little bit disappointed in my life choices but honestly it tastes pretty good i'm kind of worried about <laughs> your taste in drinks and like they're all starting to come from cans it's not my taste in drinks it's my taste in getting in and out of the grocery store as fast as possible it's like oh look something i haven't tried before it's easy and i don't have to have a whole bottle of something hanging around my apartment this is moderation it's not cost effective if it's good no but i have two bottles on top of my fridge of stuff that i was like hey this would be really good to make this drink i made it twice and was like meh don't need this again and I'm never going to finish them. This is what being single what is. Are they? You have not lived alone like I have. Yeah, but I've lived with non-drinkers. This is true. But so. buying a whole bottle that I'm never going to finish versus buying one off that I'm going to have once. It's alcohol. It can sit for a while. Yeah. Except that bottle of, um, God, what's the almond, the almond, the almond alcohol? Oh, what's it called? Oh, help me out here. Don't, I hate you so much. I'm just going to 
sit and blink at you. I should leave all this dead air in too. I'm sure you will. That's what the is thing. it? Is it um, Di Sirono? Yeah, it's like the German cheapy Di Sirono. I got it for Christmas two years ago. I made cocoa with it twice, and now I have like five sixths of a bottle left that I'm never gonna finish. Yeah, but that stuff's good. Not the German knockoff kind. Well, that was your first mistake. Yeah. Well, can one can, and I'm good. Plus, I don't need to be drinking more than a single can of anything ever again. Exactly. Um. Yeah. My in-flight cocktail is not something you could probably get on a flight, but it might be good for a flight. Or when you have a stupid cold like me. Just one of the the suja juices. They're the immunity wellness shot. Lots of turmeric and ginger. I had turmeric ice cream yesterday. Oh, how was that? It was really good. They called it golden milk. I've never heard of that before, but apparently that's a thing. Oh, isn't it supposed to help make you fall asleep and all these other... There's a lot of benefits to it. If it was, it was probably not a good midday choice, but that's okay. <laughs> I carried on. I'm pretty sure these immunity shots have been saving me, making this cold a little bit less miserable. But yeah, that's how exciting I am. I'm just trying to not be diseased anymore and have the plague. Aw, but the plague is so fun. No, because I got this plague because I drank his water. Big mistake. I'm gonna guess he is your boyfriend. Yeah. There's your first mistake. a glass of water and I'm like, ooh, water, I'm thirsty. And then like the next morning, sore throat, getting the sniffles and I'm like, damn it. Oh, uh, that wouldn't damn kick it, in that it. quickly. You were catching it long before you drank that water. No, I, I know, but I feel like that was like the cherry on top because he had the stupid cold first and it's just, mm-hmm, nope. Well, just goes to show, boys have cooties. He does have cooties and he gave them to me. Gross. You're infected. Yeah. I don't, let's quarantine you. Yeah, no, I have the plague. It's cool. I can admit it. So why don't we dive into the local, not the local, the recent news story. <laughs> Let's talk Wait, about the where what? are you? <laughs> I'm in Sri Lanka. Oh, without me? That's rude. I don't know if you want to be there right now. I guess you really are the unknown spot. <laughs> I'm still in Seattle and you're the unknown. <laughs> This week, Sarah is in... Unknown. I don't even know where I am right now. Is it the canned Bellini? Is that what got you? Yep. Getting super wasted on a canned drink with only... Just just that one can. 5% alcohol. <laughs> wow. I know. Also... When I go hard, I go hard. Which is kind of funny because, by the way, we finally made it to our safe travel safety episode. <laughs> And we're talking about drinking hard. Yeah, and waking up in unknown places. <laughs> Which I do so much of. Yeah, no, that's so not oh true. Oh my god, no. For the record, mother, that is not true. It is not. Anyways. This is going to be like the time she added me on Facebook and went around and made a list of all my friends who were drinking from Red Solo Cups and was like, oh, it's such a shame. This person, this person, and this person are alcoholics now. Like, mom... Just that one solo cup one chance encounter with a red solo cup means alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, damn. I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> me either. Well, I mean, I knew that about you. I just didn't know it about me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, news story. You didn't even try and have an intervention. I am so hurt right now. Oh, no, because I think if I tried to intervene, you'd pull me down with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one who's drinking a canned Bellini when I'm drinking like homeopathic remedies. Bellinis have juice in them. They're totally good for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Whatever you gotta tell yourself, Sarah. It's all good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this episode's gotten so weird already. Yeah, well, on a different, not quite so alcoholic note, was that not a good transition? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Um, on a more serious note, uh, we do have a new story that we wanted to talk about, and that's the Easter Sunday Colombo bombings. Yeah, so last week we ta- talked about the Notre Dame fire, and we said hopefully there won't be anything quite as sad in the news next week. Oh. Lo and behold, on Easter Sunday, there were the series of bombings in Sri Lanka, in which over 300 people died, and there were over 500 injuries. Of that, 272 were Sri Lankan, 10 were Indian, obviously their neighboring nation, and there were 37 people from other various places who also passed away. And one of the unfortunate things I think about the news coverage on this story was that a lot of it seemed to focus on the people who weren't from Sri Lanka. I mean, disproportionately, not disproportionately, proportionately, the Sri Lankans were the victims, of course. But it seems like all of the news coverage focused on people from outside Sri Lanka, and which seemed bizarre to me. Like, sure, focus on your own countrymen. Say, hey, of that there were, I believe, six Americans. But don't cover only just your countrymen. This is not about us. This is not about everybody else. It was an attack on the Sri Lankan people. I think that's how our media just kind of works these days, is that they're making it about them. Yeah, well, what really drove me nuts is that the headline of nearly every other story focused on the children of um, someone who was not the target. I mean, so I don't know how to do this without making it making about them again but there was three children of an internet billionaire who were also killed in the attacks and every story wanted to focus on them but i guess what i think is unfortunate about this is that all of these people have died but the media wants to focus on the children of a billionaire, which I get. It says in the news that he lost three of his four children all at once, which is absolutely horrific. You can't discount how awful that is. But why focus on one person? It seems heavily weighted towards the rich rather than the actual target, which apparently seems to be Christian Sri Lankans. I don't know. This whole story rubs me the wrong way. Well, it's also kind of crazy because there was a shrine and churches and then a bunch of hotels that ended up being targeted which mm-hmm. why the hotels yeah and the i believe it was the defense minister of sri lanka said that he thinks it's retribution for the attacks in christchurch against muslims but i don't know what that has to do with sri lanka and maybe i'm just not politically well versed enough but one would think that if it's retribution for attacks on muslims in a predominantly christian country why would they attack christians in a Muslim country? I It's not even a Muslim country. It's a Buddhist country. That's the weird thing. None of it really makes sense. I don't know. Maybe they might be able to figure something out because there was arrests that were made. Yeah, and they did arrest 24 people. I guess the reason that this ties into travel is that Sri Lanka was named as 2019's Lonely Planet Travel Destination of the Year. And so it was a country that was just about to face a huge upswing over the summer of tourism. And I think that's going to be pretty heavily impacted. I think people might double check about like whether or not that's somewhere they want to go to right now. I know it's kind of hard. It's Mm kind of something you always have to keep in mind is what is going on in that country? How do they feel about people from your country, uh, especially Americans? I feel you kind of have to be a little cautious of like, how much do they like us right now? Americans like to be meddling kids. Yeah, we do tend to meddle a lot. I don't know. I just, it's a horrible, horrible story. And it's so sad. I mean, Sri Lanka has gone through so much over the last, I don't know, like 
40 years. They had their civil war that lasted for a whole 25 years and it only ended 10 years ago. Yikes. Yeah. I don't know. I It's a lot to think about. It's just very, very heartbreaking. It is. It is. And um, hopefully Sri Lanka will be able to like get back together and get things moving again that's just that's that's just a lot yeah and it's such a beautiful beautiful country every picture i've ever seen of it has just been breathtaking and so the fact that people might hesitate to visit and see and experience all of that because of an absolutely senseless attack is just it's sad for a whole it array is of reasons. it is i mean you shouldn't be swayed completely away from going there ever it's just you know have an open ear for news stories what's going on try try and find your best place best time to go but again some things you just you're never gonna see coming it's just things happen and that is life yeah and if we if we all live our lives making a list of places we can't go because someplace something bad has happened there you'll never go anywhere because you can't predict it and well in this case they actually could predict it they were told nearly a week in advance that it would happen and they didn't prepare for it yeah there was a signed briefing that was leaked showing that on the 11th their defense department um had been warned that something would happen the hell yeah well i'm sure they get a lot of briefings about different things happening but you can't always assume everything will happen but yeah so that's what happened in Sri Lanka. Yikes. And hopefully, the interesting thing is that they say the safest place after an attack of that sort yeah, is in I would, that place. I would think so too, because everybody's going to be on high alert and they're probably going to be more aware of things that are like, this doesn't seem right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But on the topic of travel safety, we are going to tell our oft teased China polite kidnapping story? Question mark? Yeah. Finally. This is... Finally. We've been saying we'd do it since episode one. This is the episode my mother has been waiting for. (laughs) And the one that my mother may never know exists. Hi, mom. You can turn it off now. We're just going to tell her we completely skipped episode seven. Like, it wasn't a thing. It's a fake one. (laughs) I just need to convince my nephew to break into her phone and delete it. He's a smart kid. She'll let him do whatever. (sighs) Anyways, um, I guess we're doing we're just doing a snippet. This was our most recent trip that we took last summer. We ended up going to Beijing because we could do the oh transit visa. Yes, the transit visa where once we got to Beijing, we could apply at the airport for free for a, a visa that would let us be in the city limits of Beijing for like up to six days. Yep, hundred and forty four hours. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can only stay in Beijing, which was fine by us because there's a lot to see there. Yeah, Beijing is a massive city. Massive. By all measures. Massive. And we were there for four days? Three days. Four days total. But like, we arrived really late and left. Yes, four days. Three to four days. So, you know, what are you going to do when you're in Beijing? You're going to want to see the Great Wall of China because it's one of the new wonders of the world. It's been around. I don't know. It's just freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, when in China, <laughs> go see the Great Wall. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like if if you didn't see the Great Wall, were you even in China? Well, I mean, it's a very large country. So possibly if yes. If you didn't see the wall or pandas, were you even there? I'm still going to say yes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so the hard part with China is that, yes, they are cut off from a lot of different things on the internet so looking up directions on how to get there it seemed like we had outdated slightly outdated 
um, instructions because we were a little confused. We wandered kind of in wrong directions on like how to get to what bus and what part of the station. Where do we go? Well, it turned out the directions were just fine. It's just nothing was labeled well. Not that it should have to be, but there weren't a lot of labels in English. And so you just kind of look around a massive bus depot for the right bus and there weren't signs saying this is the bus you want. Yeah. We had the right number. We just couldn't find the bus. I feel like bus stations, because we had to transfer buses, and we mm-hmm. got it wrong. Um, <clears throat> So we ended up on our first main bus that took us out, like, way out of the city, like, the main metro city part. And so we're just sitting there. We're probably, like, the only white people on that bus. Mm-hmm. And somebody started talking to us and saying, oh, you're going to the wall. Um, You know, you this is, like, this upcoming stop. This is where you need to get off. This is where you need to get off. We just didn't quite know because you can't really use Google Maps. It's not an option. So you can't track on how many stops you actually do have. And we didn't know. He was kind of aggressive telling us to get off. And then we take a minibus from there. So we ended up getting off the bus. Yeah. And this was a ticket taker in official uniform. Like this was not some random dude. Like where it, I wouldn't have had any idea that he was trying to scam no. us. But he was, it was not until we were off the bus and he stepped off with us that we realized, oh shit, yeah, this is a scam. Like this guy wants something. And he's like, oh, I take you in the minibus. I'll take you to the, it'll be way faster. It'll be cheap and all this stuff. And we're just like, no, this doesn't seem right. Like fortunately for us, there was a convenience store. So to get away from him, we went in there and just kind of reevaluated, collected. Yeah, and to be clear, like no matter how cheap the minibus was, it would not have been as cheap as that bus that we were on. It was Puck Transit. And it was taking us like 70 kilometers for a dollar. Basically, yeah. So we were, we're waiting at the bus stop because we had to get back onto the same bus line to go like, what, maybe one more stop. I think it was like three or four, but the distance between the stops was pretty far. And it, we were still not within walking distance. No, and I don't think we could have easily walked there anyway. So that wasn't really an option. Like we had to get back on the bus and we had to go. So we had to just sit and wait at the, for the next bus to come through. When he's still asking us about like the, the minibus, I think that's what it was called. Just yeah, we bus, went. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what do we do? My memory was that he says, I've got a friend who's got Maybe a that or a minibus. I'm pretty sure it was minibus, but it was either him or his friend was going to take us in a minibus. And we're just like, no, that's not right. And this guy just completely abandoned his position. Like he was working on the bus and he got off the bus because he could make more money off of us if we took the bus with him. Yeah. The minibus or the car or whatever. Yeah. And so all of this is just delaying us. Like, We had trouble finding the first bus. We had a really long connection between the connecting buses. And now we're on sitting at a bench in the completely blazing heat waiting for the next bus to get up to the wall. And at this point, it's getting late. I think by the time we finally get on the final bus, the one that we should have been on all along, it's now around five o'clock. I don't think it- Five something. I think it was like 3.30 by the time we got there, like to like the entrance- And then maybe five o'clock by the time we got like up to the wall because there's still one more bus that we had to take Mm -hmm. once we actually, we like made it to like the park, I guess. I don't know what to really call it. It's like a national park entrance. There's like a sky tram. Yeah. And then there was like another bus that we had to take from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple, there was different tickets that we had to get. We had to get tickets to take that bus and we had to get tickets to actually like go up to the wall on the like the gondola there were a lot of different combinations of tickets and people were frustrated with us and we 
kept going from window to window up and down this hill because one person said, you need this ticket. And then we go up there and go to pay for it. And he goes, no, you have to go back down and get that ticket. Or you need and I think both I ran- the tickets. Yeah, you went back down the hill because it's like, I'm so exhausted. Yeah, it was easily three or four trips up and down because each person was saying something slightly yeah. different. Which kind of felt like that they didn't want us to go, but we weren't the only ones trying to go up at that hour either, which was a little confusing. No. It was just kind of confusing on all of that too. I don't know. So it was frustrating because we knew we were running out of time and we had gone to a section of the wall specifically because it had bobsleds that you could ride down and we wanted to do that, but we also knew we were quickly running out of time to do that because I think the cutoff was, I don't know, six or something. Something like that. But we also figured that we could take the gondola down, like worst case scenario, just backtrack on the wall. Mm -hmm. Even with all these problems that we did kind of encounter going up there, please don't let this dissuade you from going up to see the wall because it's something truly amazing to see to be on to experience it was gorgeous there was trees <laughs> wow that was probably that was probably like my favorite part was that there is actually trees there and it wasn't as hot as being in like the city part of beijing and it's it's gorgeous like you can see the wall just trailing off for miles and miles into the distance it's just it was amazing it's steep too by the way it's kind of steep in places yeah it it was kind of rough going in places <laughs> Places. But honestly, there's so, so many places that people have told me, oh, you have to go here because it's breathtaking. This might be one of the first times where I went, oh, this is what breathtaking feels like because it is truly incredible. Even even after this, I'm so glad we went. It's just, it was amazing. It was, yeah, my second wonder of the world I've seen. It was my first, technically. Technically. Not technically. Did you see the hanging Not technically. Ba- gardens of Babylon? <laughs> Venezuela, the hanging garden. I can't even say it. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Thank you, Eddie. Anyway, so yeah, we got up there. It was incredible. And then we have to start making our way back down. And at this point, there are very, very few people up there with us. There is this girl who has some guy taking pictures of her everywhere, like full on Instagram photo shoot. Yeah. And there's a handful of other tourists and some guy selling water. Thank goodness for the guy selling water. Yeah, they were closing up shop as we were walking by and we just started grabbing bottles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then we noticed in the distance the bobsuds looked like they stopped running and yep. maybe the gondola behind us and we're kind of in the middle. And we are 70 kilometers from our hotel, minimum. Minimum, yeah. It, it was a bit of a journey to get out there. So it's like, okay, well, I guess... The only other way for us to get down at this point is that there are trails that you can hike down to get to the bottom again. So I don't know how far it was. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't that far. Yeah. But it was worrisome because we were largely alone and the trails aren't really marked. You just have to help hope that heading yeah, downwards we is were- the right direction. We were trying to find the right path and it was the people that were closing up shop on the bobsleds were kind of kind of pointing and helped direct us to like how to get to it. So we eventually found it and then we're going down just a lot of stairs and um, we see the the Instagram photo shoot people, you know, they're going down the trail too. So it's like, okay, well, maybe it's not that late because there's other people. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not wholly alone, but we would go for a good chunk of space of time without seeing anybody else until we saw them again. So we we hoof it down and um, we get to the bottom and we go towards the bus stop. And 
like three or four different people stop to tell us, say, there's no more buses. I drive a taxi. I'll drive you. But then you look or, at their car and it's clearly a private car. Yes. We also had another lady that said that she just wanted to go home. She's willing to give us a ride for like 30 bucks each. She just wants to go home. You know, she, you know, she just wants to give us a ride because she has to go that way too. And we're just like, no, we're okay. And we know what we're doing. Each of these people who tells us that they're driving a quote unquote taxi um, tells us a different time when they think the bus has stopped running. Yeah. And, and some of them are telling us, well, you can get the first one, but you're going to be stuck and you can't get to the second one and then some people are saying no there's just no buses at all and nothing jibes like all of it after our experience with the guy who's essentially like verbally pushing us off of his bus he was very aggressive with and his ver- like verbally aggressive not and nothing about physical it was just very verbally aggressive and i feel like there was like a fear tactic to make us panic and get off i don't know maybe that's just yeah how we reacted and he played on that but he was rather aggressive about getting us off of that bus and plus anytime we had to transfer a bus there would be people waiting at the stops to try and get you into their fake cabs yes and like some of them were just verbally aggressive but every once in a while you'd have one who'd like tap you on the shoulder and a tap would turn into a shove and it was getting a little bit much and so we were kind of overwhelmed at this point um there was some british tourist at one of the stops who taught us she goes you look him in the eye and you say fuck you (laughs) yeah she's like you have to be just nope nope fuck you nope it's like okay so we are doing this right you know we we were in the right that these are not legitimate modes of transportation for us like this isn't gonna go well like and it's okay to kind of be rude back yeah was basically what she gave us and that just gave me like that was just like a warm hug of like okay we're gonna be okay we're doing this right yeah but now here we are trying to get back and every person we meet is telling us you can't get back yep and so we're telling them you know what go Go away, leave us alone, we've got this, because I think we thought there would be at least one more bus. Yes. But we weren't certain. No. And then we're talking to ourselves, walking towards the bus stop of like, what if there isn't buses anymore? Like, what if they're actually kind of right? Or is this just, or is just this a scare tactic? Like, are they trying to scare us into going with them? So we're walking and then um this nice looking vehicle pulls over and the guy's just saying no money no money yeah it was a massive range rover yeah and it was i don't know it was an older gentleman maybe maybe like late 40s yeah that would be my and there was a younger girl that looked like she's maybe around our age maybe a little bit a little bit younger 20s yeah like later mid 20s maybe yeah and we're just like oh oh no it's okay we're gonna take a bus and he just kept telling us no money no money and to clarify this is a pair of chinese people they don't speak english more than no money and we obviously don't speak any chinese yeah, like their their English, they didn't have a lot of English that they knew, and we don't know any Chinese. And he just kept saying no money, no money, and he's like, you know, and he communicated and to us that he'll take us. Just he's not going to charge. Yeah, like, he we're said, doing this out of the goodness of our heart. He said no money. He said no bus. And we're like, I don't know. And we just kind of look at each other, and we have a silent moment where we're like, uh, uh-huh. like. <laughs> 
they don't seem that scary and you know after listening to a lot of my favorite murder and they're talking about like in weird instances where they think it's a little bit more okay because there's also another woman there yeah i think that's part of the reason of why we decided that it was okay to go with him because there was the younger girl with him that looked about our age and he was telling us no money and it was not clear to me if he was saying no money as in i will charge you no more no money or if he's looking at us and saying no money yeah and to be did we say that this was the instagram couple up on the wall oh it was the instagram it was the instagram couple we're like we we saw them on the wall like everybody else that approached us and said that they would take us we didn't see him up there they had just been waiting at the bottom of the wall because there was a lot of like taxis and i say that loosely in quotes i think it was just people waiting for like the tourists To try and sweep them away. I highly doubt we're the only people who have been in this situation where they didn't know how to get back to the city and you can charge whatever you want when somebody's desperate. Because they don't know any better. Yeah. So we had a moment, we looked at each other and we both just kind of went, okay... And, and then the guy got out, pops the trunk, and he hands us water. It was like a super fancy Uber. It was. It he was hands very us water, strange. And like he opened the door, so we we got in. We're like, okay, like this is kind of scary, but we're not sure if we actually have another choice. And they seem the least aggressive, and we actually saw them up taking pictures at the wall. So they were up there for themselves. They weren't sitting there waiting to prey on tourists. No, they were just they were just having a day at the wall, or like I don't know, they can't have been up there longer than we were maybe no they i think they came up and down almost the same time we did around yeah so So, we went with no money yeah and it was very very surreal and very uncomfortable (laughs) because so they couldn't communicate really well with us we just told them we needed to get into beijing and then we he said he was able to tell us that like well we're not gonna go all the way there but we can take you to like this point i think it was um the first bus station that we made to yeah and And he was only gonna go that far we're like that's totally fine we so appreciate it we can manage from there yeah so and he like to do this he was pulling out his phone and translating stuff but he also needed the gps on his phone so he stopped translating very quickly put his phone up in the dock like the dash holder and from there on out it was just very very broken communication yeah And the path that we went was not the same as what we took on the bus. No. And that was what was kind of scary because nothing was recognizable. Not not after a certain point. And they're in the front, we're in the back, and they're having a conversation. And she keeps pointing at like the different fruit stands. Well, I didn't notice she was pointing at fruit stands. Well, I was behind her. Okay. Yeah. Because at one point, we are driving... And they just pull up and pull over on the side of a field. And my first thought is, oh, shit, they're going to kick us out and kill us in this field. Or like, like, fun time's over. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying because like we're in the backseat. We have zero control. He, The child locks were on on the car. Mm-hmm. We could not have gotten out. I tried the handle. And they just bought fruit. They bought cherries. <laughs> But she just, like, she just kind of popped out and wandered away. And I was like, what is like, I have no idea what's going on. But I'm sitting there thinking like something, something is not right. Why are we stopping when we are clearly nowhere near Beijing? Oh, yeah. She just wanted cherries. <laughs> she just wanted. Yeah. And then they fed us. And then they're like, here, eat, eat, like, go for it. It's, we'll share. And we're like, okay. And we started going again. We started going on our path. And 
you know, they're they're talking up front. Sarah and I are, are trying to be casual and kind of communicate. Um, I think you texted a friend and said, hey, I just want you to keep tabs on me. I'm sending you our location from five my friends. Yeah. So I've actually I've got three friends that I hooked up with my find my friend in that car ride because I knew that I couldn't make one person sit and stare at their phone for two hours straight. So I had multiple people do it which is somehow better. I it had better. a friend in New York, a friend in Florida, and one in Germany. All three of them, I had them attached, like hooked up to my find my friend. And I told them all, I'm going to text you every 10 minutes. If I don't respond, or if you don't get a message every 10 minutes, like call me immediately. And if I don't respond, call the police, like do something immediately. Yeah, because this is this is where we at. This is where we went. And this is where we're trying to get back to like, please keep yeah. tabs on us. And the thing is, is that in retrospect, spoiler alert, it was fine. We are alive and live to podcast another Clearly. day. And we make jokes about it very lovingly. Um, but it just in that situation, it's like this feels okay. But I need to be alert and make sure it stays okay. Yeah, whereas I did not feel okay at all. I I, in my head, well, I'm thinking, when we made the decision, did we make a decision to get in this car together or did I make the decision and will I be at fault if we both die? Then you're going to be at fault if we both die, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> but no, I, honestly, I do think we kind of just came to the same decision of like, I think this is going to be okay for us to do. And we're together. So as long as we stay together too, we're going to be okay. Like we're going to figure this out. We're going to be okay. I think that was kind of the main thing. Um we also made sure that we took a card and put it into a separate pocket in our in our purse yeah when we're sitting in the back seat and the nice thing is is because the young lady in the front was just on her phone a lot and we're about the same age so if we're playing on our phone too on the car ride it doesn't seem that out of place plus we couldn't really communicate with them like we weren't going to have a conversation because like all four of us neither party was capable of that yeah neither one of us were fluent in each other's language so like everything we were doing didn't seem that out of an like that out of the norm you know yeah and they both think. seemed super friendly but when you watch a lot of true crime stuff you know that super friendly people can also be psychopaths yeah, like, because they're good at manipulating people and making it seem everyday normal. Nothing's going to happen. Getting in a stranger's car is not like a normal thing outside of Uber. And even so still, moment, you still have to be careful. Yeah, well, of course. But the second that we agreed and we got, I felt okay about it. Then we got into the car and I immediately tried the door handle. And when I realized the child's safety locks were on, my heart just sunk. I was like, oh my god and then they just kept stopping like my they heart stopped was going a mile a minute they stopped well, no, they stopped three times they stopped at three different fruit stands and on the last one they had the that's cherries that's when they hit wanted. the cherries yeah but so we got the cherries and it's like oh okay like no big deal it's you know that's kind of normal like you know you're going past all these fruit stands you're gonna want to stop at something if you see something you want so we keep going and we come to i don't know where we were in relation to anything but we like a little city where and it's more populated and it's getting close closer to sunset at that point and getting mm -hmm. dark and all he kept saying was uh, to us was hamburger no money hamburger yeah. with zero context like and we're like what <laughs> and then he pulls over and he stops and he's like no money hamburger hamburger we eat hamburger we're like 
Okay. Okay. Is he taking us for American food? Like, I, very- I legitimately thought we were getting hamburgers. I was so confused. And I'm looking around. It's like, none, none of these places are hamburger joints. Because we got out of the car and we were the last ones to get out of the car, like, so slowly. Because we were just kind of confused on what was going on. Like, what are we doing right now? We're not in Beijing and we've stopped. Yeah. And meanwhile, I've got three different people checking up on me every few minutes. And one of them goes, what's the license plate of your car? I was like, oh, duh. We should have taken a picture. Before we got in? (laughs) Yeah. Minor detail. But now we're out of the car going into this restaurant. And so like, I try to take a sneaky picture and I just can't do it without turning around fully because we're walking away from the car. So we so we follow them into the restaurant because what else are you going to do? You know, you can't take off running and screaming because we have no clue where we are in relation to where we need to be. Uh, and of course, like my mind is way overthinking things. Like I'm thinking Hansel and Gretel, like they're fattening us up and then they're going to kill us. It's and such a waste so- of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Chinese food would make us more delicious. Who knows? Mm. So we get into this restaurant and they slap menus down in front of us and ask us each to pick something. And next thing we know, there's like a whole spread of food in front of us. Which is after like they've picked out quite a bit already from the menus. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you you each pick something. We're trying to be like, oh, we can just do this. You know, try because we're also trying to be polite and not take advantage of these people, too. Yeah. I mean, these people have a great deal of power over us, whether they're being nice or not. And they, there's no doubt they were being very nice. Now. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Oh, like once but, everything was over, we're like, oh my God, those were probably the <laughs> nicest people we've ever met. <laughs> Forget Helen and Mary. <laughs> yeah. But we're sitting in this restaurant and like I'm trying to disguise the fact that I'm shaking. Like I am shaking at this point because I still don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. Like the whole thing was so stressful. Was- and I... It was stressful because it's like we're it's being on complete edge and hyper aware of all of your surroundings and what's going on and like little mannerisms and trying to seem normal and casual yeah, and, and, and we're putting complete faith. We have to put complete faith in these people that they're taking us the right direction because we have no way of actually verifying. I have friends who are tracking me, but I can't see where I am on the map because no, it's not because, loading. Yeah, it's like us and I think a line for the road and that was kind of it. And you, the internet, like anything, it's just you're kind of cut off from all of that there. Yeah. So I, of course, am absolutely like fully pit stained sweating and I stink because stress sweat is next level it is disgusting and so now on top of feeling nervous i feel bad because the car stinks (laughs) it was gross but that was probably by far the best food we had while in beijing it was incredible like stuff that you would not necessarily think to order yourself because we don't know anything about chinese food we know american chinese food but that's not that's not even like it's not even close like i don't know what it was but it was amazing. It was a feast, basically, and it's all family style. So you're sharing, you're sharing this food with these people that you just met like 40 minutes ago at the Great Wall. And the guy keeps sliding us dishes and going, "Eat, eat hamburger." <laughs> yeah, just, just eat, eat, eat. You know, like making sure that we're not just trying to be polite, that we're actually getting enough food. And and then mm-hmm. after a while, they're, you know, I think while we were waiting for the food, they're like, father, daughter. And Sarah and I just like overly loudly go, oh, <laughs> and they kind of 
kind of laughed at us because I think they had to know that we were trying to figure out what their relation was. Because up until that moment, like I was not, I could not feel any confidence in my judgment of her age like she seemed younger than him it's like maybe it's like husband and wife like i i don't know yeah i had zero idea look you know yeah i mean i don't think it would be super yeah it wouldn't be super uncommon for an asian person to look very young yeah and he didn't or for a white person to be unable to judge the age of an asian (laughs) person and he didn't look that that old himself like you know he was definitely more of an adult than what we are but yeah we just loudly went oh and they just laughed at us and were like too loud too giving it reminds me of the time i went to vegas with my dad and you could see the people in the room playing mistress or daughter oh And once we realized people were doing it, I'd do awkward things like slide my hand over the table to hold his. And he'd have a moment of, oh, and then, oh, damn it, Sarah. (laughs) Don't make this weird. (laughs) That's half the fun. That's fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it was a little bit more relaxing at that. Like, you know, we were still on high alert, but it didn't seem that it. I don't know, after like getting a little more information and then just kind of sharing a meal together, it was a little bit like, okay. Well, you were more Maybe relaxed. we're okay. I mean, I was not, looking like, around the restaurant chill. for exits. I, yeah, no, I made sure I was trying to look and like, how do I get out? If I need to run away, like, where would I go? You know, I'm always yeah. trying to plan these things, but I think it like, it kind of got a little bit more okay. And then- Oh, I was so, still clearly panicked. No, I was panicked, but it's like, maybe, maybe we're not going to die today, sort of. Like, I was so panicked that at one point, like, I put my hand under the table and, like, held your hand and squeezed it for a second just to see if you were okay. <laughs> I know. And then I think he got up at one point and you were showing me messages mm-hmm. on the phone, too. Yeah. But, like, again, I don't think that was anything that would have seemed out of the ordinary or anything. Um, so after this lovely dinner that we had... Uh, we're walking back to the car, and that's when we get the picture of the license plate to send. Yeah, which, again, I realized that they've shown us all this generosity, and so being suspicious, even after all of that, is a little rude. But again, we are by ourselves, isolated in a country, and these two people are our only lifeline. If they do anything, we are screwed. But I wonder, if, like, looking back, I kind of wonder if they were a little worried that we might hurt them or mug them. Probably not. I think not. he took pity on the poor, <clears throat> dirty, smelly Americans. Well, especially since we were maybe about his daughter's age. Yeah. And I wonder, and I also wonder if she's like, Dad, let's go help these people. Yeah. Well, and every once in a while, like, she would say something and his tone would raise. It wasn't often, but like, she'd change the song on the radio and he went, and that would be tense for me. I was like, oh, okay. So there is, like, he's not just 100% nice, friendly Ned Flanders. Like, no, he's still the dad. Yeah. But not knowing what he was saying, it would give you a moment where your heart would just leap up into your throat. Like, <gasps> yeah. Okay. But then we we get back in the car. We have the license plate number to send and out. And I've now texted it to three Everybody. different people, including <laughs> um, pictures of them, but it was their backs were, and it was their blurry, backs. so they yeah. were useless. But like, hey, just in case, this is what they're wearing today. So we get back in the car and we're going and we're going. It's dark. And going. And going. And then like, he's asking us what hotel. 
And we're like, uh, back to panicking hardcore because we don't want to necessarily like lead ourselves to the slaughter just in case. Like we're trying to remember what was the hotel that we kept walking past that was near ours. Like maybe we can get them to take us near there because clearly we've we're not he's not just stopping at the bus terminal anymore for us. He's he's taking us into Beijing. Yeah, well, and he takes us like a little loop around the Forbidden City. And oh, we got like a drive by tour of the Tenement Square that he's giving to his daughter. Yeah. And we're in the backseat just kind of nodding like we understand what he's saying. But it was really cool to get the drive-through tour with them because we didn't yeah. actually make it that close yet. And we're like, oh. And then Sarah, like the smart ass she is, goes, I want my picture to be really big on a building. And I'm like, ah. Uh, she's like, oh, right. <laughs> well, he didn't understand what we were saying. But I don't think so. so thing- but like are, you, like, are you kidding me in this situation? <laughs> That's the joke you pull out right now? Um. The problem with our hotel was that there was a concrete divider and we were going on the wrong side of the road to get to it. So even if we could point out exactly our hotel, like we couldn't have gotten to it. And so I don't know how to explain that to him, that he can stop here and we'll walk over. And then he started going hotel and hotel turned into hotel. Hotel. Yeah. Like, like, and he, it got more and more aggressive. I think he just wanted to go home too. Well, I'm sure he did, but that's when I was like, okay, we're going to point at a hotel and just hop out. Doesn't matter yes. which hotel, just get out. And so that's then- exactly what we do. We're like, oh, it's this one, which was coming up on the map. And that's mm-hmm. where he took us. And it's like, okay. So like he stops, we get out, he gets out too. And he's just like, no money, no money. And we're trying to like a million thank yous. Because mm-hmm. they just, they drove us all the way back from the wall. They bought us dinner. Yeah, they supplied us with water the entire way. Yeah. They put up with my stinky ass. And they got us back safe. And he's just like, no money, no money. And we're like, bye, thank you. Thank you, new loving father and sister from China. Yeah, so we walked into the hotel that we pointed out and just kind of chilled in the lobby for a few minutes while we waited for them to pull out. We had the silent, okay, we're going to walk in like we belong here and get away from from the windows and then figure our shit out Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we did we walked in we walked back towards the elevators and stuff and saw that they they took off to go back to where where home was for them and we just kind of just like had this huge like sigh relief and like start cackling like maniacs yeah you could physically feel like the tension decompressing from both of us because it was over two hours of being in a car with these people having no means of really communicating it was and feeling somewhat safe but also feeling absolutely unsafe the whole way yep and I'm sure the hotel staff was looking at us like, what the fuck? Who are you? Why do you smell so bad? <laughs> it was so bad. It was so gross. I mean, you know, in all honesty, it was a million degrees and we spent the whole day sweating and then we had stress sweat on top of that. Yeah. Uh, so it's so we know that we were not kidnapped. No. Just to be clear. We know. But, but it's like, were we politely kidnapped? Because... It felt very, very like short-term confinement because we couldn't get out. We were completely subjected to their will and we had no way of anticipating what that will was. But yeah. every time the car stopped, I thought this is the moment. Like something bad is about to happen. I was worried it was going to be at the restaurant like after dinner or something. Like, Oh yeah. Like I was considering like we should get up and go to the bathroom and find a way out from there. I thought it about that too and it's like knowing our luck it's gonna be an itty bitty window that neither one of us can fit in in or out of and then what like and and how would we get home from there exactly there was kind of no win and 
I definitely do think that we did things correctly. Of We did everything. Yeah, we did everything in our power to be safe, given the circumstances. And I think if push come to shove, if they kind of tried to separate us, I wasn't going to let that happen. I was going to make sure that we were together no matter what, because I think our odds were going to be better that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like every time I thought about running, I was like, grab, like, just grab her arm and we'll go. But there were just so many stops. Every time we stopped by the side of a field, I was like, oh, they're going to shoot us here. And I didn't know what they would benefit from that. Because we also (laughs) weren't sure if he was saying that he wasn't going to charge us money or if he didn't think we had money. So like, what are they going to benefit unless this like shooting people was fun for them or something? Like, you know what I mean? There was really nothing for them to gain from us. Yeah, but I mean, people knew where we were. We were keeping them updated. Even during the meal, I'm pulling out my phone and texting people every 10 minutes. She was on her phone too. Yeah, she was. She kept pulling up things on like i don't know if it was tiktok or whatever but she was like watching videos and making him listening to chinese pop music that he hated and but it was funny because as we were uh getting closer to like the city limits or i guess it'd be the city limits of beijing like whatever songs were on the radio he was singing along with them like he felt more <laughs> comfortable with us in the car and he's singing along with the radio too and it's like it was kind of funny and we laughed and it's just like and she'd look back at us every once in a while to be like ugh. Like you're encouraging him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, retrospect, there's probably things that we definitely could have done to not get ourselves in that situation. Gone at the butt crack of dawn, probably. So there was no way we could be like, oh, is there no buses running? Yeah, we had kind of had a frustrating day the day prior. So we let ourselves sleep in the next day. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been in this situation. But, you know, self-care is important. And when you have a rough day, if you want to sleep in, sometimes it's best just to do that. Well, especially since we got in so late the night before and then housekeeping just didn't want no for an answer. So we had to get up and get out. And yeah, I've never been in a hotel where housekeeping sees a do not disturb sign and wholly disregards it because they would knock on our door for a solid minute straight, go away for 10 minutes and come back and do it again. It's and like the worst going, snooze button. And then still yeah. like try and push open the door, even though we had like the, the it's not the a deadbolt. Door, like the flippy the lock door thing. latch thing yeah. on there too to like really like drive in like no thank you. So, you know, and that was rough. And then we're like getting up and we're wandering around in the heat completely unprepared for it at um, the Forbidden City. And it's just like, I am so overwhelmed and exhausted and melted. Yeah, I just think we weren't we weren't mentally prepared for what China was going to be. I wasn't prepared for the heat and the lack of sleep. I think that's yeah. really what did me in. It was just like, wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want this to dissuade anyone from going to China because we had some rough experiences like the taxi scammers and kind of the pushy people and the absolutely overwhelming Yeah. Because while the drive was scary, that was an incredibly generous thing for them to do for two complete strangers. Yeah, it's definitely an experience of a lifetime. And I feel like they kind of helped make the the whole experience of being in Beijing a good thing because they were so generous in comparison to all like the hassling we were getting from other people on the streets. Like, you know, it's it's not all bad. It just kind of put that in perspective of like, hey, this isn't all bad. Everybody here isn't just trying to get a buck out of you. No. And I mean, they they saved us like we could have easily been stuck up there overnight or had to resort to pay a really sketchy cab driver 
a shit ton of money. And who knows what would have happened if we took a ride with one of the, like the complete, complete strangers versus the ones that we did recognize from seeing of being on the wall. Yeah. And instead, we got a super cushy ride in a super fancy Range Rover. And a sweet dinner of deliciousness. Oh, God, it was so good. Uh, I mean, the price we paid is that it probably shaved five years off of our life from all the stress. Oh, yeah. But the food was really good. And in the end, it's it was worth it. I mean... We learned life lessons. We learned how not to trust each other more, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was like that- a super intense trust activity where instead of falling like off of a short thing, you're falling off a cruise ship and like it's a long drop. <laughs> And afterwards, they're going to ask you if you were drunk. We were not. We were completely sober. And terrified. And terrified. Yeah. So yeah, that was, it's not an experience I want to replicate. No. But I'm not mad that it happened. It took a couple days to not be mad about it. But (laughs) I wasn't mad that it happened. It's just, I don't know. It it was, it's still really kind of surreal. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can fully put into words just how absolutely terrifying it was. But also Putting your faith into complete strangers is not easy. Mm -mm. Especially when there's a language barrier. It's not even that we didn't communicate. It's that we really couldn't communicate to each other easily. No. It was very challenging. So... I guess that kind of like segues us into like other general safety tips, maybe. Um, Maybe we should split this to a second episode, part two. I called it. It was going to be a long one. Yeah, well, (laughs) so do we want to do a part two? We can probably do a part two because I think that was just like in the moment safety things that we ended up doing. There's a lot of like Mm -hmm. pre pre trip pre planning safety things you can do, which I also think is kind of important to talk about. So we'll probably split that up. It's just oh, I think oh, like the takeaway from our story on this one is to kind of go with your gut, do everything you can just to try and remain casual, but make sure that you're going to be okay out of this. Make sure people know where you are. Yeah, that's the number one thing. It's just someone needs to know where you are. And for us, preservation. you and I have each other on Find Friends, the iPhone app, but there also needed to be a third party in neutral territory who was also tracking us. Um, So I still to this day have you being tracked. Not that I ever look at it. Don't give me that look. And um, Adri, my friend in New York, also has me. So between the two of you, we know where each other are. She knows where I am. So we've got eyes on us when we need it. Yep. Surprise, Adri. You get to track me next time on vacation, too. Oh, yeah. Adri, you're hired for everything (laughs) now because you got our back. So, yeah, that is our oft-alluded-to Chinese kidnapping. And if somehow the man and his daughter who helped us ever hear this, thank you. We so appreciate you and we just, we often think about you and refer to you as our Chinese dad and sister because we're so freaking grateful for everything you did for us. Yeah, honestly, who knows what would have happened had someone not taken pity on us. Thanks for being it. Thanks for also being like probably the best Instagram dad for that girl ever. Like kudos to you, Yeah, if you look at our pictures from the wall, there's at least one, I think there might be two, where you can see her in the background posing and him taking hundreds of photos. And she spent most of the car ride back, like framing and like filtering her pictures for posting. She was also taking selfies in the car too. (laughs) I kind of wonder if maybe if we ever found her Instagram, the caption would be like, check out these Americans we just picked up. Isn't this weird? (laughs) We just kidnapped American tourists, LOL. I'm, you know, and I, I can't help 
but think that they probably think about us every now and again too. Like maybe if they ever go back out to the Great Wall and they see American tourists, they just probably like laugh to themselves and be like, remember that one time we were total superheroes to these white people? <laughs> remember that time we you know? picked up the smelly Americans? I think we must have confirmed. And how they got smellier? Yeah, we must have confirmed some bad white people stereotypes for them. More me than you because I am more oh. white than you, but... <laughs> Yes, yes. But they were like, Americans, they don't have money. They stink. They kind of mooch off of us for food. He told us to eat. <laughs> hamburger. Hamburger. I think no that's money. one of the funny things that came away from this trip is that now hamburger is our short form short form for saying food. Eat, let's eat food. Like, what do you want? Hamburger? Okay. What kind? Hamburger? No money? Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should just be our shorthand for like, hey, let's go get Chinese food. Hamburger. Confuse everyone for the rest of our lives. Hamburger. I know. Well, I was so confused. Yeah, I truly thought we were going to step out and there'd be a hamburger joint and they'd ask us, like, is this the real thing or something? Or, like, they would find the hamburger joint because they would think that's the only thing we eat. I, when he was saying it, we hadn't pulled up to a restaurant yet. I thought we were going to pull over at a McDonald's. Oh, me too. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for reals, yeah. China, man. That was quite know. the experience. It's quite a trip. It's quite a trip. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I guess come back next week for part two of safety tips. But before we go, we should do our yep. tip of the week. Um, My tip of the week is going to be that if someone has recently gotten back from a destination that you're planning on going to, make sure you try and ask them a million questions if you have them. Ask clarifying questions if you're not quite sure how certain things work out. Um, I had coworkers that had recently gone to China and they are native to China. And so I was asking a lot of questions about like payment because reading up on that is one of those, how are we going to be able to pay for things? Because a lot of it goes through like the WeChat app. But as an American, we can't set up bank accounts, a payment yeah. form for, through that. Yeah, we, can, we don't have a Chinese recognized bank account to put on the app. So it's like, how do we go about this? And I was trying to ask a million questions from them and like make sure we had our ducks in the row. I mean... We ended up needing more questions answered once we got there, but I, I definitely think it kind of helped. I was asking questions about um, the Forbidden City because that's where one of my coworkers ended up going to. And he was telling me how like they had to find the right gate to go to to be able to pay with a, a card and that they had to use their passports as their tickets and whatnot. So it wasn't that weird when we ended up having to do the same thing of using our passports as the tickets. Ask questions. Yes, but don't ask about opinions. I find that when you ask someone, hey, I'm going to this place, what do you think of it? That that kind of sets a tone. I don't want to know what anybody else's opinion is. I want to form my own. That's true. Yeah. Ask clarifying questions that you have specifically about your chip, not just general ones, because maybe they had the worst time somewhere and you don't want to think, oh my God, did I just plan, did, did I just waste my money planning this yeah. trip? Um. So my tip that I had prearranged is probably better suited to the next episode so I'm going to pull a Melinda, and my tip is going to be something I've ever already mentioned, and that- Wash your clothes. <laughs> wash your clothes as soon as you get home. Just kidding. Um, it's going to be use the Find Friends, which is the Apple version, or the Find My Friends, which is the Android version of the tracking app. So, I mean, chances are your friend is not going to spend all day watching where you go, but have it already pre-set up in case something goes wrong. Like, have someone at home who, if in an emergency you needed it, you could text them and say, hey, something sketchy is going on. I want you to be aware of where I am in case something goes wrong. 
So basically find an yes. Adri. Hi, Adri. Thanks, Adri. <laughs> and then once everything's said and done and you're actually at your real hotel safe, just remember it's an adventure. And boy, is it a fun story to tell later. You know, and small, vague details to ease people into it before <laughs> you, you hit them with the whole thing. I kind of told my mom about going about this, but all I really said was that we met some strangers and we went out to dinner. I have not told my mom much of anything about this. I have given specific, slightly vague details to my boyfriend, <laughs> who I love, and um, I claim diplomatic immunity or something <laughs> on this. Maybe after this, I'll tell my mom about the time I had to hitchhike in Italy. Probably not, though. Sorry, mom. You should probably save that for a, a good while just to, you know, not stress her out too much. <laughs> I mean, she's on her cruise. She won't be listening. But we just we just want to let all our family members know that we love you and that we kept this to ourselves for your protection. <laughs> and we're fine. Because it's an adventure. And we're fine. Like, we're, it was fine. We picked the best people to get in a car with. Aren't you proud? We screen our strangers very well. We only went with the ones in the fancy car. And we did not find them on Craigslist. <laughs> Unlike some people in my family. <clears throat> <clears throat> but yeah, thanks. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Keep up the awesome work. We appreciate you guys too for listening. Yep. And come back next week for tips that are applicable in situations that don't involve pseudo kidnappings. Or maybe they do. No money. Hamburger. Remember, it's an adventure. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C to Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at SAR underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at Hooligan Monster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!